Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Good morning, church. Nice to see you. Such a long time we don't see each other, right? Who is excited about being in church today? Is this, is, am I the only one? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, uh, I bring greetings. Last Sunday, uh, as you've probably noticed, I wasn't here. Um, we went just to visit a church in Wellingborough, and they uh, send their greetings, um, and I'm, you know, forward the greetings to you. We had a wonderful time of fellowship there uh, with Paul and his wife and the church there. We really had an amazing time, and they send love and, and greetings, greetings to you all. Uh, it also, it is absolutely nice and amazing to have Gareth, Diane, and Audelia among us. We finally get you to meet your daughter, guys. Uh, we're going to pray for her, not today, next, next week. Uh, but I just wanted to, um, uh, to make the point that they're here. Uh, the little girl here, we prayed for them. We've been with, with them through this journey. So I think the minimum that we can all do is to give a round of applause now. Yeah. And to encourage you at the end of the service, just to go and see her because she's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, cool. Now, uh, before moving forward, uh, is Ken, yeah, if you go and get Ken, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Ken and Steve. Uh, tomorrow they're going to travel to Uganda. As well, you know, uh, good news from, from uh, Jason. You probably you're, you know by now if you are in the Facebook um, group of the church. If, uh, that Jason was supposed to leave for Uganda a few days ago, and he had a last-minute problem with his visa because there were some changes in the law, in the Ugandan law. So he missed the first fly. He slept uh, at the airport. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, we all as a church, we've been praying for him. We've been praying for, for a passport to get sorted. And then, you know, the, eventually the passport came through, and he was, meant, he was able to leave uh, for Uganda. And he is probably there, I guess, now already doing what he's supposed uh, to do. Uh, but tomorrow we've got the rest of the team who is traveling there. We've got Ken and Steve uh, from this church. Uh, so because we are a, a, a church of prayer, we know how powerful prayer it is. You know, I always like to say that if we don't pray, what, all what we do is pointless, right? Prayer has to be uh, the, the building block of all what we do. So we're going to pray this morning for Ken and Steve as they're going to leave tomorrow. Uh, so I want to come here, and uh, Ken and, and Steve, there you go, up here. Um, and we can all stand and just, you know, stretch your hands uh, towards them. You come up, yeah. <laughs> Exaggeration. You're just about to go in, in Uganda, right? Okay, so hallelujah. Dear Lord, we thank you uh, because it is an honor for us children of yours to serve you. Whatever you gave us to do, whatever task you, you place in, in front of us, it's always an, an, an honor and a pleasure to uh, make ourselves available for your work, for your kingdom uh, in this country, but also across the world, Lord God. And I just want to pray for Ken. I want to pray for Steve. As they are traveling tomorrow to Uganda, we pray, first of all, for, for protection, God. We pray that you will uh, be with them, Lord, from the very first moment to all every day while, while they will be here and they are coming back, Lord God. 
I, we, we pray that you will be always there for them, Lord God, to protect them, Lord, to give them, to supply to their needs, Lord God. And even more important, Lord, we pray that you will use them, Lord, to expand your kingdom, whatever they go, we will go, with, with, with whomever they will be speaking, God, that you will use them as an instrument in your hand to be a channel of blessing for the people there in Uganda. We thank you, God, and we're looking forward to hear as they come back what you've done through them, Lord God. So we pray, you know, for all the things that will happen in these, uh, in these uh, two weeks that they will be there, from the practical work that they will be doing, from the spiritual inputs that they will be sharing, uh, for the medical day, Lord God. We just pray, Lord Jesus, have, a, have a, your ways in them, Lord. Use them for your glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Would you like to say something before, or are you happy like that? <laughs> Come on. We hear directly from you. Matthew 24 and 14 says, This gospel of the kingdom must be preached to every creature as a test near and then the end will come. shall come. And all that we're about really is making Jesus known practically, the Jesus they can see, preaching, teaching, etc. So pray for us. We will have a good time. Um, this is my first time going. Ken's, Ken's old, old hat at this. So I don't know what to expect. So what I'm saying is pray for me more than you're praying for him. Um, I'm going to be spending some time actually staying in the village, which Ken has never done. So, whoo, I'll have one up on him. Um, the facilities aren't what you're used to here, so just pray that I'd be able to cope with the change of culture and the circumstances. And, but I'm looking forward to it because I know that God can do anything through anybody in any place. And I, when I come back, I'm going to be encouraging some of you to think about going. Especially you younger ones. Dan. Jeff. Tony, yeah? So be ready to hear. Be praying for a good testimony to come out of it. Because we need to see in advance that God's doing something. Yeah? Amen. Please do take your seat for a moment. Uh, and as well, in, you know, um, as following, I just would like to say uh, again a massive thank you uh, for giving towards this mission trip. You know, we've been collecting uh, donations in the past couple of months, uh, and, you know, they will be used well. And, you know, when they will be back, they will come back with pictures, and they will see that actually all the money you've given has been used really for to do something good to expand the kingdom of God. So thank you very much for your generosity, all, you know, uh, also, the giving element is important for these things to happen. Now, uh, today is Father's Day. So, happy Father's Day to all of us, fathers in the house. Thank you so much. You know, it doesn't matter what the world out there is saying. Uh, they're trying slowly to eliminate the figure of the father and the mother. We, in this house, in this church, we like to celebrate mothers. We like to celebrate Fathers, because children are not just the produce of biology, but children are entrusted to a father and a mother uh, to, uh, to be influenced by them and to be shaped 
in the, in the men and women that they are supposed uh, to be. And I just want to share something because you see, as, as fathers, the responsibility is quite big in our lives. We know from the Bible that, you know, the role of a father is to lead a family. The role of a father is to give direction. And to be honest, we live in a very difficult times. And sometimes it can be a bit natural to be concerned. I am concerned sometimes that, you know, the world where my children are growing is, you know, is getting worse and worse. And, and I just want to encourage you uh, not to be afraid of what's going on around us but actually to trust in God. And, and I want to share something uh, from Joshua, uh, ver- chapter 1, verse 9. It says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, Joshua here was about to, uh, to do a massive task. He had to conquer a land that was full of giants, full of enemies. It was a very scary place to be. Yeah, and he was just a young leader that he had this, uh, you know, um, absolutely massive responsibility to carry on the work of, of Moses and, and to bring the people into the land. And, and, and probably he was a bit concerned, maybe he was a bit afraid, he was a bit like, hmm, I'm wondering. But still, he chose to trust in God, and God said to him, you know, do not be worried, do not be concerned, be strong and courageous because I am with you. And I want to encourage all the fathers in the house not to be worried, not to be concerned, you know, but to trust in God because God is with us. And your children, you know, they were born in such a time as this because God had planned for their lives. So in spite of what's going on out there, in, in spite of the worries that naturally you might feel you may have in your heart, Remember that God is with us. Keep on being a good father. Keep on teaching to your children um, and, and shaping their lives. Keep on leading your family, loving your wife. Keep on being the figure of father that you are supposed uh, to be in the Lord. Amen? Why don't we all stand? Let's just, you know, open the service in prayer. We're going to have a time of worship now. And, um, you know... Uh, We want to be open today to receive from God. We want to be open to see the Spirit of God moving among us. I want to encourage you strongly. Uh, You know, if you you feel you want to share something, if you have a prayer, if you have a word of knowledge, if you have a word of prophecy, if you have something that is stirring in your heart, I just want to encourage you to share it with the church today. Yeah, to let the gifts of the Spirit flow, you know, in your life and among us as a church. So, dear God, we thank you. We thank you because there is a purpose for us to be here this morning. We thank you because you love us. We thank you because you are with us. We thank you because, you know, even if the world is getting worse out there, we choose not to be worried. We choose not to be, um, you know, scared because we know that you are with us. We know that you have overcome the world. We know that in you we have all what we need to face anything, God. So we thank you. We worship you this morning, Lord God. And I pray for all of us, for the hearts of the people that are here today, Lord God. Holy Spirit, you know our conditions, you know our situations, God. And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, have your ways among us. Move among us this morning, God. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. You are a precious God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, the praises are yours. We worship you today, Lord God. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Yes, my, my wife is showing something. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the service, I said I bring greetings from Wellingborough, but actually, believe it or not, is not the only thing I'm, I'm bringing with me today. 
uh, as they were very generous with us and they had a number of books that they wanted to donate it, uh, they donated to us um, and they said just give it out for free to the people who wants them. So there is a table at the back that I think by now probably four or five different titles left. Um, if you like to read, if you're planning to go on holiday and you want to get a book so you can read and you can pretend to be the wise people, the wise person among the all other you know, people who are having a holiday with you. <laughs> no, I'm seriously, if you, if you like to read and just want to take a book with you in holiday or whatever in your workplace, if you can, um, just you know, help yourself at the table. They are for free. Uh, just help yourself. There are very, some very good titles there, so go and have a look. Now, Anna, you wanted to share something about yesterday, so why don't you come? Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all the dads and granddads and um, uncles and whoever is a spiritual dad. Um, Ethan just handed in the ring. If you lost a ring, it's here. Okay. Um, I just wanted to share um, something about yesterday. Um, you might know, you, you might not know, but we had um, the privilege, where Lee, Sam and myself had the privilege to... Um, host um, a get-together, a Ukrainian get-together yesterday in, in the coffee shop. Um, and we've organized it together from a young lady um, from Thetford. Um, her name is Valentina. Um, she has been um, part of our service a couple of times. Um, and um, she is from a town in Ukraine that basically doesn't exist anymore. Um, so um, because of that, she was joined by her mum and very recently, about a month and a half ago. And um, they are both Christians, and they have got a heart for God and a heart for church and a heart for the Ukrainian um, women who feel very vulnerable at this time. So we had a total, I think, was it eight? Total of eight, seven to eight it, um, Ukrainian ladies. Um, and, you know, when you host an event like this uh, where you're expecting people you don't really know, um, it's always a mixed feeling, isn't it? You like you hope it's not going to be too stiff. You hope that everybody will feel welcome and open up and just enjoy. And I don't think the three of us kind of knew what to expect, to be honest with you, because we only know Valentina and we, know, we knew her mum. But when the ladies started to arrive, we felt straight away that it was such a lovely and open atmosphere. And mind you, the ladies did not know each other, neither. So, you know, it's like a room full of strangers, basically. But um, we started with um, teas and coffees, and then we started with like an icebreaker game. And, um, you know, if you, if you know Sam and myself very well, we love playing that game. It's like a pile of questions, and you pick a question, and it's a personal question, and you have to answer it about yourself. Um, and um, think the interesting thing was, I mean, I think that's something that I didn't really expect, is whenever a lady picked up a question and answered it, regardless what question it was, it always led back to their situation. I don't know if, Lee, if, if you found that. Like, for example, there was one of the questions was a silly question, but it was supposed to be a funny question, like, what was your most embarrassing moment, you know? And the lady picked up this question and um, it just broke my heart because she started to share, well, every day of my life is the most embarrassing moment at the moment because I don't understand what people say to me. And, 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 you know, and we sat there thinking like, oh my, well, this just breaks your heart. And then a 12-year-old girl picked up a card and her, oh gosh, it's going to make me cry, sorry. Her question was, what was the biggest surprise 
in your life. And she shared, this is a 12-year-old girl, she shared, she said, can I share, it's not my surprise, but it's a surprise for my dad. Can I share a surprise for my dad? And she said they told their dad back in Ukraine that they sent him a parcel, a suitcase full of stuff, and they told him that he needs to pick it up at the airport. And when dad turned up at the airport, they were actually there with the suit. It was like, you know, this like this 12-year-old girl just like, and you know, every single question just led back to what they are experiencing. And it was just heartbreaking, wasn't it? And one of the ladies, Maria, she, she brought her guitar with her, like not knowing who's going to be there. You know, and after the icebreaker, she just picked up her guitar and she says, you know what, girls, let's sing together. You know, and they just started to sing national songs together. The most beautiful harmony, Lee's like, oh, I like the harmony. But, you know, it was just, they didn't know each other, but they felt connected in their pain and they all shared their stories. Absolutely heartbreaking. They kept referring to themselves as we are homeless because even if one day we're going to go back, there's nowhere to go back to. Um, and um, we all ga we gave them all a little like little gift bag with some um, toiletries and you know pretty ladies things. And um, when they were saying goodbye, they, uh, quite a few of them said that they have not received a present in such a long time. And you know so we're planning to do this a little bit more often now to see if we can open up our doors to women. So if you would like to be part of this, um, please do um, come and, and talk to us. It doesn't involve much, you know, it involves um, teas and making teas and coffees and um, it maybe involves putting some flowers in a, in a vase and, and make it pretty and whatever is on your heart for those people. Um, but the most important thing is just pray for them because they are just, they're desperate, you know. They, it's not just the pressure of, living in somebody's home all of them have got they call them the sponsors they all live in the sponsor's home um, and it's things like uh, they can't use the kitchen whenever they like they have got a certain time allocated when they can use the kitchen so you and then they have a um, half an hour allocated when they can use the, the living room you know so it's even though they do have a temporary home but um, and they're very grateful for it, but it doesn't really feel like a home. Um, but the anxiety is the fact that they don't have a home to go back to because the home is not there. So I just found those that emotional need is, is much stronger than the actual physical need. So do keep them in your prayers. And as I say, if you would like to be part of this um, very fresh um, get-togethers, please come and see us. Okay, and remember the ring, okay, if you lost the ring. It's a bit tricky to follow that, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, guys, just to bring you up to speed with this week's happening and the next few weeks, don't forget our harvest groups, life groups are up and running. So please keep attending them. They're great times to just fellowship and study the word together. Uh, tonight, we're part three of the parenting course. So um, please, those of you who've been coming, carry on coming. We're having a good time, I hope and learning a lot and just, you know, again, getting together, fellowshipping and sharing experiences, which is all good. Uh, 2nd of July, we're going to have our finance members meeting. 
So if you're a member of this church, we'll invite you to stay after church just for a brief time so I can share the accounts with you and what the church has been doing um, in the previous financial year, so the end of April this year. Uh, so yeah, be ready for that. And anything that you kind of have got a question about, if you can kind of come to me before that so that I can hopefully have an answer prepared for you. That would be good. Uh, and then on the 9th of July, we've got our baptism service. We've got a guest speaker. We've got Colin Cooper coming from MFG. And we're also going to have a church lunch. So beginning of July is going to be really good together. All right. I think that's all from me. And we'll now do tithes and offerings. And I don't know if the children haven't gone, have they? I just don't see many of them here today. Children are dismissed. And um, if you want to give with the card, come and see me at the back. I must say from... Uh... From my point of view, one of the highlights of yesterday was the amazing, absolutely delicious Ukrainian food that we had. They actually brought some homemade dumplings and um, something else homemade. I can't remember the name, but it was so, so delicious. Uh, we was a, really we had a great time yesterday. Uh, as well, next Saturday uh, is the last Saturday of the month. And as, as always, we will meet for prayer in the cap, 7 o'clock. So um, do not forget. Um, we will meet for prayer at 7 o'clock next Saturday. Now, let me go in what I've prepared uh, for you today, which is actually uh, the same thing that I shared pretty much last Sunday with the church where I, I, I was invited to speak in. Because I believe that is a, is a very uh, interesting time uh, that uh, we are living in. And when I, when I say this, I don't mean like a generational time. I don't mean like a time in history. I literally mean this time of the year, the month of June. And, you know, often as Christians, we, we like to hide the elephant in the room, but I always like to take uh, the bull from his horns and to make things clear. Um, and as probably you probably know, uh, living in, in England, but anywhere in Europe, since a number of years, June has become the pride month. And uh, where um, transgender um, ideology is celebrated. Um, and if you've been long enough in this church, uh, you know where we stand on this, our position. Uh, we don't endorse, we don't support any of that. Um, and the reason for this is um, because we believe in the Word of God. We are a, a church that we like to build our foundation, our faith, our belief in the Word of God. And the Word of God speaks about when God created man, He created them male and female. So gender is not something that we feel. Something, gender is something that we are. Men and women were created to, to complement each other, to stay together, to build something together. There, is, there was a purpose uh, behind that. Um, and we cannot just get rid of this. But then as well, always the Bible doesn't just speak about the purpose, doesn't just speak about the good plan that God had for man, but actually very plainly says that all these things are sin, are something very sinful, uh, something that we, uh, we should not um, uh, condone or something we should not like embrace ourselves as Christians and, and children of God. But I don't want to go into much into details about these. Maybe we can do that in a separate setting. We can do a proper nice Bible study, why we believe what we believe in regards to this topic. But I want to speak to all of those who maybe you feel a bit on your own, lonely, yeah? When you want to stand in this world as a Christian, you feel a bit like uh, left out. And it's not something simple to digest, 
because as people, God created in us in a way that we were meant to have relationship with God, with Him first, but then as well with each other. So whenever we, we don't manage to be included, we, whenever we don't manage to be accepted by other people around us, we feel a bit like on the spot. We feel like a bit under stress, and, and, and uh, we don't feel well. And I want to encourage you today, and we're going to read the Bible together, and uh, actually, if you feel like that you don't belong in this world, this is exactly the place where you need to be as a child of God. And uh, I just want to open up, you know, by reading the words of Jesus to his disciples. Um, and that's why, sorry, I don't know if the title is already there. Yeah, I titled this Not Conformed But Transformed because we believe that as children of God, God invites us in a relationship with him. Not that he conforms himself to us, but we conform ourselves to him. That our lives are shaped and transformed according to the word of God. Now, I want to read something. This is the word of Jesus uh, to his disciples in John 15, verses 18 to 25. And this is what Jesus was saying. And imagine now Jesus being here and talking to you. Hey guys, you're a bit lonely during this time of the year. Don't worry. If the world hates you, keep in mind that he hated me first. If you belong to the world, he will love you as his own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute, they will persecute you also. So Jesus, look guys, they hated me first. The world is hating you. It shouldn't catch you by surprise. I'm not surprised myself about it. Because you know what, my church, you know why, guys, you know my children, you know, imagine Jesus speaking, says they hated me first. And therefore, if you follow me, they will hate you as well. They will persecute you as well. You don't belong anymore to this world. That's why the reason why the world hates you. That's the reason why the world doesn't understand where you stand. Because you don't belong anymore to this world. I've called you out from this world. So our positions is changed. We are not anymore children of this world. We don't belong to it any longer, but we are now children of God. We belong, our lives belong to God. He has called us out of this world. He has called us to follow Him, you know, uh, in a way that the world out there often doesn't understand. In a, in a kingdom, the kingdom of God is something completely different to the kingdom of this world, actually is quite the opposite of it. So if you are a follower of Christ and you feel that you're not accepted by the people around you, that's actually perfectly normal. <laughs> it might be a bit difficult sometimes. It may be like, okay, but actually it's absolutely normal. There is nothing wrong in you. Yeah, there is nothing wrong in standing on your own. This is how things should be because we are children of God. And the good news for us, I guess, that you know, it's difficult sometimes, but we always have to think that all what we experience in this world is something temporary. It's not going to be always like that because we know where we are going. Our eternity is sealed with, with, with God. 
And therefore, you know, Paul in 2 Corinthians 4.17 likes to remember to the church in Corinth and to us today that your present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all, that awaits them and will last forever. So it's like, even if we go through trouble, even if we go through difficulties, even if we feel like oh, we're a bit on our own, we feel a bit lonely, don't worry because these present, these present small troubles are nothing compared with what's waiting for you for the good, yeah? You're going to forget about this moment, our destiny, because we are children of God, are to, are to spend eternity with, with the Lord in a place where it's going to be no sin, no complaint, no pain, no illness. We're going to spend eternity with Him. So whatever we go through, through in this earth for His sake is actually something good. It's something that, to use the word of Paul, vastly outweighs all what we can experience around us. So Jesus was very plain. You don't belong to this world. They hated me. Therefore, they're going to hate you as well. But then as well, Paul, you know, is like an encouragement that comes from the Apostle Paul in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. And from here, the title, not conformed, but transformed. So God doesn't want us to, uh, to conform ourselves with the pattern of this world, but He wants our mind to be renewed. And when we speak about renewing our mind, as we are speaking, is referring here to mentally to be uh, conformed to the truth of the Word of God. So as we read the Word of God, and, and we, in the Word of God, we read what is good and what is not good for man. You know, with my mind, I, I choose to align myself with the Word of God. And as I as align myself to the Word of God, something incredible happens. Our minds start to be transformed. More we align ourselves with the Word of God, and more the transformation happens in our life. Because Christ becomes more and more Lord over our life. You remember sometime ago, I think it was last year, we, we have done this series that it was the, the throne and the cross. And the whole point of the series was saying that um, in each one of us in our heart, we've got a throne, right? And we can, we can choose who's going to sit in that throne. We can choose to sit ourselves because we think that we know better and we take our own decision. We do our own stuff, yeah? But then we don't complain when we pay the consequences of wrong decisions and wrong choices that we have to you know, to carry with us, or we say, you know what, I'm going to come off this throne, Lord Jesus, will you please sit? Will you please reign over my life? I want to be conformed to the Word of God. I want to conform my life to you. I don't want to conform my life to what the world is saying. So being a Christian really is, is being, about being different. It's about being different. It's about not being conformed with the, you know, with the pattern of the world, but to transform our minds, you know, according to the Word of God. And uh, I think, you know, more we are different. You know, understand, we're not speaking about being weird. <laughs> Nobody wants to be weird. But I mean, like, more we stand on the Word of God, the more we can see that difference, and more we should feel like... like um, Proud in a sense, yes, we are your children, God. We want to follow you. We don't. We belong to you. We don't belong to this uh, world. And then, you know, when we, Paul says here, you know, when we, our minds are transformed, something ha amazing happens. Because in Romans 12, 2 says, then you will be able to test and approve 
what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So only when we align ourselves, only when we align our minds to the truth of the Word of God, then we will be able to understand and to see, you know, and to approve what God's will is for our life. And that's why people who are far away from God, you know, they, they keep on going around and around looking for something that will satisfy them, that will fulfill them. Even people who think that by following, you know, these all these um, change of genders and things, I will finally find myself, I'm finding my identity. You will never find your identity until, man will never find his identity until he's reconciled with God, until we align ourselves with God. So when we align ourselves with the Word of God, we understand why we exist, the purpose of our life, who we are in Christ, our true identity as a children of God. But we need to align ourselves to the Word of God. We need to allow the, the Lord to be, to be, Jesus to be Lord over our life. Not just someone that we believe in, but actually someone that we invite and say, take control of our life, of the way how we think, the way how we act. And this is not to say that, you know, when we do that, everything is going to be perfect. You know, I align myself to God's will and understand His plan for my life. And everything is, going to, everything is going to be good. Now, we will still go through difficulties. We will still face problems in our life. But God is going to be with us. As we align ourselves to Him, we're going to, we feel that we are not in our own. Even when we go through the valley of shadow and death. Even when we go through times where we are afraid. We know that He's holding our hands. That He's there with us. You don't belong to this world. Do not conform with the pattern of this world. Do not. But be transformed in your mind. You see, you know, in this time you, you speak a lot. You know, well, sometimes, you know, I find myself speaking, but sometimes I read, you know, things that are going on, on Facebook. And then I choose not to answer because we are not here to, we don't want to pick up a fight. But at the same time, you know, I think we need to be equipped Whenever we, um, we are in a conversation. And probably, you know, by these people who accept all this gender ideology and all this LGBTQ, um, uh, I call it mambo jumbo that is going on, uh, they always say, well, you know, we're Christian. We are not, we're not supposed to judge anybody, are we? And they quote that verse in Matthew 7, 1, do not judge or you too will be judged. And probably it's the most uh, um, wrongly quoted verse in the entire Bible. Because, you know, we take that word completely out of the context. Yeah, look, look, it's there. It's in the Bible. We are called not to judge. So, you know, let them do what they want. But that's actually not the point. You know what I like always to say when I speak is like if I take a Bible verse outside the context, I can make the Bible say whatever I want. Honestly, there are some scary scriptures in there. I can excuse anything, you know, if I, if I extrapolate the verse from the context. Because if we go, and I'm passing you this because I want you to be equipped when you, someone asks you, you know, well, the Bible says, you know, Jesus says, because it was what Jesus, not to, be, not to judge anybody. Well, let's look at the context. Because actually in the same sermon, if we read in verse 15 and 16, it should come up on the screen, Matthew 7. It says, for example, watch out for the false prophets. Now, Jesus is saying to watch out for the false prophets. Guess what? If someone is a false prophet, you make to make a decision in your mind, a judgment, that the person is not from God. So how can, if really, you know, not to judge other people literally means that we are not called to judge anything around us. If that's the truth, why didn't Jesus, in the same sermon, I'm not speaking another chapter, I'm not speaking about another day of his life, but in the same sermon, says, watch out for the false prophet. 
And as well, always in the same sermon, believe it or not, actually Jesus is asking us to judge. If you go down in verse 4, or always of chapter 7, it says, How can you say uh, uh, to your brother, you see the context here, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? So, you know, the context of not to judge, it was speaking about a hypocritical judgment. You know, if I like to get drunk every day, I cannot go to a drunkard and say, would you please stop drinking? So this kind of judgment is wrong. If I like to sleep around and to betray my wife, I cannot go to another man and say, look, it's wrong. What you do is wrong. You have to be faithful to your wife. That, that's wrong judgment. If I, would, if I would steal every day, I cannot go to a, to a thief and say, look, stop stealing. Because I'm the one who steals first. So this is the context of these words. And in fact, you know, later on, always in the same sermon, sorry, this is uh, something else in John 7, 24, he says, stop judging by mere, by mere or mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Again, the words of Jesus said, so stop judging by the appearances, but judge correctly. So the child of God is not called to, not to judge anything, but it's called to judge correctly. We are not called to do a hypocritical judgment. Right? As I said, if I, I cannot remove the speck from the eye of, bro- of my brother if I got plank on my own eyes. But the Bible never says that we should not judge. That we should not call sin what is sin. Why? Why we should, you know, why? I, th- this is really, really goes beyond my understanding. And please understand my love. And this is why you will never see me or this church putting a flag out there. A rainbow flag. How can we celebrate something that Christ has died for? Because when I put a flag, it's because I'm celebrating. I'm Italian. When the Italian football team wins the, we won the European Cup against England, woo-woo! Come on. <laughs> I know I'm a minority here, but when we won, I had my flag. Yeah, I'm supporting my team. We won. But why should I support? Why should I celebrate something that actually killed my Lord and Savior? Jesus came to die for the sin in the world. Why are we supposed to celebrate that? It's something that goes beyond my understanding. And as I said, if we look at the Word of God, it's extremely clear. Extremely clear on this topic. Extremely clear. I was, uh, I was speaking, I think it was with Val last Sunday. And I said, uh, if I go back, you know, 10 years ago, the beginning of my journey with God, you read the book of Genesis, creation. I said, God created a man. So that's cool. And then you keep on reading, he created them male and female. I always thought, okay, that's a bit of information that is more to the story. You know when you read a book and there are the important information in the book and then you feel that other, you think that other pieces of information are there to support the main story but not part of the main story. I always thought that these words were there. You know, God created man, he created male and female, but it was not very important for me because 10 years ago, of course, the the world was in a very different place. But where we are now, where really we, we got to the point of questioning the very foundation of our humanity, the very foundation of what we are as human beings, understand, goodness me, you know, God knew what he was saying in his word when he specified he created a male and female. These words were not just there because he wanted to complement something, a more important message, but because he knew that a time would have come when man, in, out of his a sinful art and, and silliness, really, started even to question the very foundation of our lives. And you see, when we follow Christ, 
It's not about conforming ourselves. It's never been. And it was not just what I read at the beginning, but even Paul in First Corinthians says, look, you know what? The message of the cross, believe it or not, is a stumbling block. That's how he calls it. It's not something that will necessarily bring together the people. It's not something that necessarily will, will cause agreement. It's actually a stumbling block. First Corinthians 1 verse 18 and then verses uh, from the same chapter, verses 22 to 25. Verse 18 says this one, uh, says this, Paul, writing to the Corinthians, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Did you get that right? The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So when someone who is not in Christ comes to me and makes fun of my belief, he makes fun of my faith, you know what? It doesn't surprise me. I don't care about, the, about this because I know that my message, what we preach, the gospel, is foolishness for the world. They don't understand. So we shouldn't feel like, oh my goodness, what's going on? He doesn't understand me. You know, it's normal. It's all there in the Bible for us. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. They don't understand it. But to us, it is the power of God. And then he carries on in verse 22. He says, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to, those, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and, and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom, uh, uh, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Again, the message of the cross, the message of the gospel, Christ, the message of Christ is a stumbling block. So you know what is a stumbling block? It's something that I'm walking and suddenly it's there, I don't see it, and I stumble on it. Something that, it shouldn't be there. Why should it be there? I, you know, it's so simple, right? I just have to walk that way. But suddenly, I stumble into something. And to the wisdom of the world, that's what the gospel is. It's a stumbling block. It's something that, you know, when you go and, uh, and you listen to music and there is a wonderful melody, and then maybe uh, usually when, you know, in the orchestra, uh, uh, some, you know, you, uh, the flutes go wrong or the drums get it wrong, you know, you, you hear it immediately, something that breaks the melody. It's like um, uh, my children, they start now to be attracted by music. Uh, I've got a small keyboard at home, and sometimes they start, House of the Lord, they like that song. Na, 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 they get it right. Na, 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 and it's right until now. Na, 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 na. Or no, then they don't know the song, and, and they completely go outside, and you, you, you hear it, right? And this is what the message of the gospel is. It's like, it's something that it doesn't make sense to the people out there. It doesn't make sense. Because you see, until the Spirit of God comes in our life and helps us to make sense of the Bible, help us to make sense of, of God's will for our life, then it's always going to be the message of Christ is going to be something strange. It's going to be a stumbling block, something that the world will not understand. You know, when we speak about God's wisdom versus the wisdom of the world, it's opposite. The world says, hate your enemies. We're just now looking at this war happening in Ukraine and how the two sides are 
Well, not all of them, thank God, but you know, they're hating each other. It's that, that war is going, it's going beyond just fighting. It's really a deeply, a deeply hate, you know, hatred between the two parties involved in the world. That's normal for the world. If someone is an enemy of you, someone hates you, it's okay. Hate the person, you know, pay back that person. The wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God says actually love your enemy. Can you see how it's completely diametrically opposite? The two things are diametrically opposite. The world says, you know, if someone hates you, give it a payback. You deserve that, right? Well, the message, the culture of the kingdom says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Again, doesn't make sense to the world, right? And that's the culture of the kingdom. The kingdom. The world sees a weakness when someone is humble, when someone acts in humility. It's a weakness, right? But actually, the word of God said, humble yourself. It's all about being humble before God. Again, opposite from the world. The world says it's all about yourself. Do what you like, what you want. Just do it. The famous slogan from Nike. You just, just go for it. It's all about you. But the kingdom says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. It's not just about you. That's a, revolution, a revolutionary message that the world doesn't understand. And so it comes as well to all sexual immorality. I'm not just speaking about sexual immorality. It's anything that goes against how God ordained sex, which is something that has to be experienced between a husband and a wife, everything outside of this is sexual immorality. The world says, you know, it's fine. I was once, I was, um, when I was at the Bible college, I used to work at the weekend at the at McDonald's uh, to make some pocket money. And um, I was already together with Anna, about to get married with her. And I remember, you know, we were all probably, I was in uh, a lot of, there are a lot of young kids working at McDonald's, 16, 17, 18, 19. I was already, well, I was not much older than that. I was 24, 25. Um, but you, you can see that mentality of 20 years old. Oh, how are you getting married? How can you just, you know, how can you just be happy with a girl? It's like, just, you know, go and shop around. That's what they, the words they use. What, what do you mean shop around? So I love, you know, Anna's going to be my wife. That, that's going to be it. So that's a bit stupid they were saying, you know. Just go and shop around. You know, at the end, what is sex? It's just like entering a candy shop. And you just choose. One day you choose this, one, one day you choose other. Why? You know, they were saying. I said, no, no. So this is the mentality of the world, right? Sex is something that men and women pursue for pleasure, for personal pleasure. But actually, again, it's something that God ordained to be experienced within marriage because there is a purpose in that. Again, the world, versus mentality of the world versus the mentality of the kingdom. How about that to give is better than to receive? We, you know, people out there are all about, I want more, I want more for me, for me, for me. And, and yet, the kingdom says to give is better than to receive. And as well as, of course, when it comes to gender. Yeah? I'm just looping back to when I started. The world is saying, ah, gender? It's about how you feel, really. Whatever you want. He, she, them, it. There's so many, right? No, there's male and female. Bible, very clear. So you see, the Bible is not based on opinions, but is based on the God's objective truth of how things should run. And why does he have an objective truth? Because he is the creator of all things. He knows why things were designed, designed in a certain way. And in fact, oh, I'm so looking, well, I'm, I feel sad, but, you know, uh, I think that very soon we will start 
uh, I think, pay the consequences of all what's going on around now. And already there is a, a very high number of people that um, are uh, approaching like what is called conversion therapy. It means that they, they went through uh, transition in, when they were maybe kids or youth, and then they realized they've done something stupid and they want to reverse everything. There is actually an increased number of people. Now they are destroyed. Now they feel really uh, they are in dark places, but they are trying to get back. And, you know, I think the fruits are, we will see more, than, more of these coming. And I think also as a church, we need to know where we stand and we need also to be ready to welcome you know, these people. We're not called to hate the people. Yeah, just get me, not going to get me wrong. We are called to, to love. You know, we have to love the sinners. Christ loved the sinners. He died for the sinners. But one thing is to love the sinners. One thing is to love sin. So I love the sinners and I go to, to the person and say, look, I want to pull you out from that place. I want to bring you in a better place. I want you to be transformed according to the person of Jesus of God and not the other way around. A lot of sinners went to Jesus when we read the Gospels. The result of that encounter with Jesus is of them being transformed. It was not about Jesus being conformed to their lifestyles. Um, so the, the message of the cross is a stumbling block. The world doesn't understand. But if this is not enough, I'm going to give you even something that's even clearer than, than this. Are you, are you ready? Jesus wanted to make sure, look, I want you to understand that if you follow me, it's actually something different, something that is good, it's, it's crazy, right? And this is what he says, Luke 12, 49 to 53. This is Jesus speaking. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me. And he was speaking about uh, him dying on the cross. And I'm under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring, to bring, to bring peace to the, to the earth? Think about this question. Jesus speaking. What do you think about me, guys? Do you think I have come to bring peace into this earth? No, he carries on speaking. I have come to divide people against each other. That's strong words from Jesus, aren't they? From now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against. Or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. And mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And he was quoting from the prophet Micah. Now, of course, Jesus is not for division. Yeah? Because we know that family is important to God. He, he, here, Jesus was using an hyperbole to make a point. You know what is an hyperbole when you speak, when you want to, when you exaggerate something in order to make a point. And the point that he was making says, look, I haven't come in this world to bring peace. Because you see a lot of the people who accept all these things and say, you know, Christ is all about love. We should include everybody. It's like, you know, we, you know why not? You know, it's, we should not condemn. No, you know, if you follow me, my message is a stumbling block. I'm calling you not to be conformed, but to be transformed. The world is going to hate you because they hated me first. But guess what? You know, I'm coming and my kingdom will bring a division into the world. And he was speaking about, you know, family sometimes. And you see this, you know, even in this country, you know, one believes and it doesn't believe. Or like if you go, for example, in countries where the church is persecuted, sometimes, you, know, uh, you know, Muslim countries, you know, when a member of the family is, is, believes in Christ, they're shunned from the family, they're kicked out from the family. They don't want to have anything to do with that person because they suddenly became a Christian. 
So Jesus said, look, if you follow me, my message is not a message that's going to bring happy, clappy union, but actually it's going to divide people. So you shouldn't be surprised if you feel divided. If you, you shouldn't be surprised if as a church, as children of God, you feel like that you, do, you don't belong to the world out there. Because get what? You don't. You don't be, we don't belong to this world. To follow Christ is to follow a specific pattern that he, um, um, and, uh, that he has placed before us. And this pattern doesn't go parallel with the world. It goes the opposite direction. As I said, we're not here advocating divisions. That was not Jesus, what Jesus meant. But he, what he was saying, look, the message of the gospel, if you follow me, you need to, read, to be ready to put me first. And then in, always in the same passage, you know, he speaks about the price of carrying the cross. Um, how, how, how the cost of carrying a cross, the cost of being a Christian, you know, we have to be able to follow him even when people don't understand. Even when the people make fun, when the people say, what are you saying? It's fine. I know it's foolishness for you, you know, but I want to follow God. Um, and I, to conclude, I just want to remind, remind all of us the reason why we are different from this world. We are not different from this world just for the sake of being different. The message of the gospel is not foolishness to this world just for the sake of being foolishness. But we are called to be different from this world because we are sold and light into this world. Let me read Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. This is going to be the last portion of the Bible for, for us today. Jesus again speaking to his disciples, and he said, You are the, the, the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and, tram and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, quoting Ken, when we prayed at the beginning, he was quoting the scriptures that said, we are called to bring the gospel everywhere in the world, and that's the mission of the church. We are called to spread the message of Christ wherever we are. We are his representatives on, on earth. And Jesus says, you know, you are the salt. You are the light. The salt is something that gives taste. Now, I'm Italian. I like my pasta. And you know when you cook pasta, the most important thing is to get the right level of saltiness in the water. If you get that wrong... It's terrible. If you don't put any salt, it's terrible. So when I, uh, I lived, after we got married with Anna, we went to Germany, our country, and we lived there. And once we were having a meal with some friends, and there was some white pasta standing in the middle. And they were saying, uh, I don't know, I don't understand Italian. I mean, how can you like pasta so much? You know, we don't find pasta to be anything special. And I looked at it, and there was this poor bowl of poor pasta all overcooked very sad without any sauce in it i've tried i tried <laughs> some of it no salt i said you know what if this was pasta i would agree with you <laughs> pasta is not quite the, it's not exactly the way how you prepare you need to put salt in the water to give it taste 
and then you add the sauce to it, right? Uh, you know, otherwise, it's really, it's rubbish. That's what it is. And, you know, I'm saying that so we are Christian. We are the salt of the earth. We, us being following Christ, being different, Christ, you know, was different. He set a new course. And by us following Him, following him we will be different from the people around us. But that's perfectly fine. Because, you see, we are called to be salt out there. If we become like the world around us, we lose our saltiness. And just like we read, a salt that cannot bring taste, there's nothing, nothing good in it. It can just be trampled under the feet. Yeah? So we are salt and light. You know, and Christ has set a course for us to follow that is, as I said before, diametrically opposite to the course that this world is following. So if you want to be a child of God, you will go through moments where you will feel a bit on your own. You will feel a bit under pressure. You maybe feel the, the people around you don't understand you. My advice, do not pick a fight. We, we really, that is, it's pointless. <laughs> you know, it's because what you are is foolishness to them. So they will not understand. So don't pick a fight. But just know where you stand, where you believe. Stand in the Word of God. Keep on walking with God. Keep aligning yourself, your mind, you know, to the, with the mind of God, to the Word of God. And then you will be able to taste and see God's plan and purposes. The perfect plan that He has for you. Why don't we all stand and worship Him? You can come. And um, I just want to close in prayer. I really want to encourage you um, to be that salt, to be that light. I want to encourage you not to be afraid of being different, not to be afraid of being a follower of Christ, really. But to, to learn how to, to stand for what is truth, for the truth of, of the Word of God. To base your life, to build your life upon it. Do not build your life upon what people are saying to you, upon what you feel or what the other people around you may feel. But build your life on the Word of God. Align your mind, conform your mind to God's mind. Only then you will be able to experience His good, pleasant, and perfect will for your life. The purposes that He has for you. Allow Jesus to sit in the throne of your life. Allow Jesus to take control. And you know, sometimes we don't understand but to follow Christ, it's not always about understanding Him. Sometimes we, we need time. Sometimes we, we obey just because obedience is required. And eventually, one day we will understand. But even if sometimes we think, oh, because if I don't figure it out, then I'm not going to do anything. It's just it's not really the right position. We listen to what Jesus has to say. We follow His example. And we pray for His Word. To bring illumination in our life. To understand why. The why. The reason for certain things. Hallelujah. Dear God, we thank you. Because you've called us to be part of your church. In such a time as this in history. Where so many things are questioned. So many things that 
are part of your perfect design for this life are questions and are questioned and, and challenged and Lord God sometimes is uh, it's not easy to stand it's not easy to to undertake the pressure that we may feel but you th we thank you because you've set an example for us the world has hated you why we should pretend that suddenly he would love us help us to be followers of you followers of the word and I pray Lord God for how many people right now are going through this maybe because family member or someone who is close to them has a very strong opinion which is different than what your kingdom is all about and they feel under pressure they feel under they feel like questioning and they feel like they cannot withstand the difficulty holy spirit i just want to pray for a supernatural strength right now so that they may be light wherever they are they may be sold wherever they are in their families in their workplace among their friends Lord God, we pray, Holy Spirit, for your supernatural strength to us, to your church today. We worship you, God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah. As um, you know, I'm about to close, just I want to encourage uh, all of us here, if there is something in your life, or also we heard from God, that needs to be rectified, the throne of grace is still open, so do not feel condemned. Do not feel like God is cutting you out. Do not feel that um, the word maybe was too strong for you today. But, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, come to me. I'm ready to have a new start. I'm ready to prune some of the bits that shouldn't be there. Just, you know, allow God to do the work in your life. So, dear, dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you because your presence is sweet. We thank you for your word. We thank you for um, each one of us here, for the work that you are doing in our life. And we pray, Lord God, uh, we want to uh, ask you to continue working in us, Lord God. Help us to, to become that church that you want us to be, to shape our life according to your mind, to your word, so that we can be salt and light in Brandon, in the towns, and in the villages nearby, Lord God. Help us to stand in your word. And we pray for the week ahead that you will be with us. You know what we're going to do. We, we can follow us with your protection. Those who are traveling, those who are working, those who are just going on their daily business, Lord, just, you know, be with us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you.